0: Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at QCBT.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm Talking Art today with Ryan Collins, the Executive Director of the Midwest Writing Center, about their Poetry on Demand project, bespoke poems qc welcome ryan
1: thanks so much for having me appreciate it
0: now you've organized a really great way to create a personalized gift and a very romantic one i must say too by connecting poets and writers in our community with people wishing to give a custom poem to someone in their life how how does this work exactly
1: Sure. So um, there, there have been a lot of iterations uh, of this in different places. We've done this a couple of times, like at in-person events where people can kind of you know show up and get a poem written like on the spot. Um, so we, we wanted to take that up kind of to another level and try to give people um, a little more time to sort of collect their thoughts and think about who they might want to gift a poem to and um, what they might you know want to tell the poet to include and things like that, or at least give them an opportunity to think about um so beth roberts uh who's a really fantastic poet uh and who was on our board uh until pretty recently uh when she relocated um she suggested doing this this kind of uh, bespoke poems on demand um where we would take orders from people in advance uh and uh give them an opportunity to you know speak at some length about who they would like to have a poem written for. Um, we've done this a couple times like around Valentine's day. And it kind of, that was sort of the idea. We were thinking about uh, in-person events. We usually do like an open mic around Valentine's day, which we're still going to do in a virtual setting, but uh, it's going to obviously be a little different than we've done in the past. Um, so we were trying to th- think about events around Valentine's day, but not just specifically for that. Um, it could be any occasion. It could be birthdays. It could be no occasion at all. Um, and so we set this up, uh, on our website where people can pay, uh, fees start at $20. Uh, we encourage people to uh, pay a little more if they can, if they can afford to, um, and they can get uh, their poems delivered, uh, digitally. They can get them, um, in a nice, uh, yeah, you know, laser printed, you know, hard copy on nice paper, um, or Sarah, Sarah Elgatian, um, our, our, uh, marketing uh, person at the writing center is also doing these uh, really cool handmade Valentines. Um, She's using a typewriter to type up uh, the poems as we get them in. Uh, And they're all unique, kind of one of a kind. They're on special paper, uh, handmade paper. Um, So it's a pretty cool, unique uh, opportunity. Um, And we split everything with the poets. So that was kind of our first goal as a way to sort of um, promote, local poets, uh, give them an opportunity to do their work and also to maybe hopefully turn on some people in the community to poetry uh, that might not otherwise be thinking about it.
0: Absolutely. Now, in order to receive a poem by Valentine's Day, your order must be placed by February 9th. So that's coming up. But orders are accepted through the end of February. So through February 28th, if you want to have a poem written for someone, it's such a great idea. People are hesitant to write poetry themselves. But to be able to have access to, um, to you know, to to well recognized poets and writers in our community, this is this is just a great thing.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it, it, we we have a good group of poets. I mean, we've got we, we, they're all really fantastic poets. I want to say that. Um, but we reached out to a lot of different poets that we've worked with in the community in different ways over a number of years, and the people who um are available um are all the people who responded. So they were on board with it. Uh, we kind of just put the opportunity out there and they jumped on it. Um, and 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 yeah, most of the poems that we've had, even though this has kind of got this Valentine's Day sort of bent, uh, most of the orders that we've had so far have not been specific to Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had people ask for poems for their children. Uh, we've obviously had a couple for Valentine's day for like anniversaries and things like that. Um, but we've had, we had one client who wanted a poem written to several of her longtime friends. Um, uh, just, just sort of just, just nice gifts that don't seem to be attached to any like birthday or occasion or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, um, so that's pretty cool to see. And, and yeah, I mean, I would encourage anybody to like, uh, you know, if you have someone that you feel like you want to give a poem to, uh, obviously try it yourself, even if you don't feel like you're a poet, but um, most people don't feel like uh, maybe they're comfortable doing that, or it's like maybe expressing things the way that they exactly want to express it. So um, we're happy to provide some support for that, I guess. Mm -hmm.
0: You had mentioned the poet Beth Roberts, and she's been affiliated with Augustana college for many Mm -hmm. years and, and the poets and writers do have local connections to our community. We can't really talk about all of them individually because there are too many, but can you right. highlight a few other people?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I would start with Beth because, again, this was her idea and we kind of took it and ran with it. Uh, and also she has a new book coming out in a few months. Uh, the pre-orders actually just went live today uh, at Fence Books. So I want to plug her and plug her book. Um, uh, Kaylee Chi Kuil is, uh, is a poet that's been in our Young Emerging Writers program for a couple of years. Um, this year she worked actually as faculty, uh, came back to the program. Uh, she's a student at the university of Iowa. She also won a chat book contest, uh, at the university of Iowa, um, which if you know anything about the university is a pretty serious place to be a writer, um, with the writer's workshop there and everything like that. So she's doing a lot of terrific things with writing and with film. Um, and she's just super active on campus. So we were really excited that she was willing to be a participant, um, Chris Britton is another uh, poet that I want to shout out. who's um, done a lot of work in Rock Island for a long time with Youth Hope and and, and with the Rock Island School District. Uh, I think now he's working at, at, at uh, Thurgood Marshall um, and doing a lot of good work there. And he's also just a really incredible poet. Um, so there's a lot of variety. Um, I think that's the thing. We didn't want... Um, we wanted to give people, even if they're not familiar with the poets so much, uh, most of them included like links where you can go find their stuff and read some of their stuff. Most of them have been published um, in some form or another, another somewhere, whether or not they have books. Um, but we wanted there to be a lot of variety. Um, so I, I think we did a good job of asking um, a lot of terrific poets uh, who are coming at it from different angles. Uh, and so far, like nobody's really requested specific poets. That's kind of the interesting thing. We kind of figured we would get people who were friends with say Beth who knew or from Augustana or something like that. Hasn't really been like that. Um, most of the clients have just kind of been like, you know, who, whoever's on deck. Uh, and I think that's really fantastic. Um, because it shows a level of trust in the people that we have made available for this. Um, and, and from what I've heard from the poets, most of them have had at least a little bit like, um, when we get a client, they fill out a form and we get information and the poets get that. Um, but we also encourage the poets if they, if they would like to to reach out and contact the client and get some more information. And it sounds like in most cases that's been happening. And I think that's really cool because then it's not just, you know, producing a poem for a client. It's also like, you know, getting to know somebody a little bit and making some connections. And I think right now when everybody's for the most part, still kind of hold up and, and socially distancing, or hopefully people are, <laughs> um, this isn't, you know, that's another way to sort of make some connections. And again, I know I'm not writing poems for this per se, um, but having done poems on demand and having done this kind of thing, um, getting a little more of a sense of who I'm writing for and, and who the client is and who the subject is like, I, I, it would, I think it would only help me write better work. I don't want to speak for any of the poets, but um, I, I think that's cool that they've kind of made those connections and um, hopefully, it makes it a little meaning more meaningful for everybody mm-hmm. involved.
0: Well, it's such an intimate process the 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 process of writing a poem. So you do need that personal information, which is which is one more thing that I really enjoyed about your your um, your website. And uh, I have to confess that I I have ordered one, and mm-hmm. I've already received it back, and it is just fantastic. And I loved the randomness. I intentionally did not sign up for a particular poet, and I really um, was so happy with the result um so i hope other people had that same experience and and you know many people don't know that we have a writing center right here in the quad cities when was the midwest writing center founded and what other work do you do ryan
1: uh so yeah so this is just one of a a, a lot of different programs that we do uh we were founded uh just over 40 years ago we just recently a couple years back celebrated our 40th anniversary Um, We were founded by uh, Evelyn Witter and David R. Collins, uh, who was my uncle. Uh, They were both uh, children's writers and prolific writers of all kinds of different stuff and very active in the community. And the Writing Center was their dream. Um, Dave passed away kind of unexpectedly in 2001, uh, just as they were about to, they were just starting to look for a physical location um and so the board that he assembled and friends of his and his family uh we kind of rallied around that dream uh and we started in 2003 with our first physical location in Rock Island uh downtown um right where the modern woodman bank building used to be um or right across the street from there um and then we were in Bucktown for a while and we're we're really happy to be back in Rock Island um in the library. Uh, we've been in the Rock Island Public Library since uh 2016. And it's been a really great home, offers a lot of great partnerships. Um, we really love being there. Uh, but we do basically any any kind of programs related to writing uh for writers of all kinds, and we think that everybody is a writer, um, whether they think they are or not. Um, because everybody's probably, you know, uh using computers, using their phones, people are using text to communicate all the time, ergo people are writers um, and people are writing more actually, I think than re- they really realize. So um, in addition to working with aspiring writers and trying to help them develop their craft uh, and, and, and hopefully find a path to publication if that's something they're interested in. Uh, we do a lot of youth education programs. That's kind of my particular program focus. Um, I mentioned a program called young emerging writers. I've been running that for the last 14 years um, where we hire uh, 15 to 19 year old students from the community um and they uh work as interns uh at the writing center for 7 weeks in the summer they produce a literary magazine in 7 weeks which is a kind of insane timeline but they always do a really fantastic job with it um that magazine's called the atlas i i believe it's the only non school affiliated literary magazine in the quad cities i'm not 100% sure about that but um last time i checked i think it is mm-hmm. um we do the children's literature festival which has been happening in the community for 40 years which dave started way back it used to be at wharton field house um this year we kind of had to hold off on the big in-person event because of the pandemic and everything but we're planning a bunch of programs for the spring to make up for it so
0: mm-hmm. and then um, when you said your big one is that the writing conference you usually have in the summer
1: and that was the other one I was going to say. Yeah, we do a writing conference. It used to be the Mississippi Valley Writers' Conference uh, long ago uh, when Dave started it in the 70s. Uh, we started it back up in 2005 uh, as the David R. Collins Writers' Conference. Um, and yeah, uh, every summer um, in June this this summer, we did it virtually. Um, which was different, but it was still really fantastic. Um, we're putting together the faculty now. I really would like to tell you some names, but we're, we're holding off till we can do the announcement <laughs> of all of them. But <laughs> there are no, some understand. names that people will recognize. I can tell you that it's going to be uh, really good. So,
0: I noticed uh, you have another event going on this month. So you're really busy. You have the Iron Pen mm. Fast Writing Challenge. Tell us yeah, about for that. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, so. I, I I can't remember exactly who to credit for the idea, but the idea is um, that uh, people register in advance uh, for poetry, fiction, or nonfiction. Uh, anyone, anywhere can register. Um, and your registration fee gets you um, a chance at winning a free registration to our Writers' Conference in the summer. So everybody has a chance of winning something. Yeah. Um, but we send out a prompt on a Friday afternoon, uh, the last Friday in, in February, and everyone has 24 hours to get their submission in. Um, and they can use that prompt as a title or somewhere in the piece, or they can kind of just use it to inform the piece, the spirit of the piece in some way. Um, uh, it's kind of open to interpretation, but they take that poem. They write a piece in 24 hours. Um, our judges get two weeks to, to read through everything, and then we're going to do a, a virtual reading. Uh, I guess we'll be sending the winners medals, but we get medals made um, f- uh, for all the winners. Um, and, uh, and, and we do a reading. Um, featuring the the place winners, honorable mentions, and then we kind of do an open mic for any other participants who want to share their work.
0: And that will be February 26th and 27th. And all this information is available on your website, which is um, MWCQC.org. That's correct. I've been, um, I've been thinking about this, you know, the ongoing pandemic, which sadly is still here with us in tw- 2021 mm-hmm. has made many things more dear to us and more essential. And I would put poetry into that category. We're searching for meaning right now and connection and, and poetry provides that by distilling our feelings or thoughts into a, you know, a very succinct form. And I'm curious if we're going to find after COVID is over that our reading preferences have changed or if people will be writing or journaling more. What do you think about that?
1: I I mean, I hope so. Um, I think one one common thing I've seen from a lot of people um, being fortunate to know people in a lot of different parts of the country and kind of involved in different things um, through writing um, that, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely given everybody a little bit of an opportunity to sort of stop and reflect a little bit um, which I think is the first step to any sort of writing practice. And I don't mean writing practice in terms of like publishing, but just writing for yourself, you know, unburdening your mind of whatever is kind of going on, Um, I think there's, there's a lot of value to be had with just something like, you know, keeping a journal, making lists, you know, things like that can be really beneficial in terms of like your mental and emotional health. So we have been trying to do some virtual programming to encourage people to do more of those things. Um, I've been doing journaling workshops around the Quad Cities for a few years. Uh, we're doing one in partnership with NAMI, uh, coming up in March. Um, and yeah, so I, I would hope, um, that some of this time um, has, has encouraged people to maybe you know self-reflect a little bit, reflect on the state of the world, reflect on where they are in the world. And I think poetry is always a really rich and rewarding vehicle to explore those things, even if nobody reads your poems. I think that's the thing. The biggest hang-up with non-writer, quote-unquote non-writers that I see is other people reading their work. Um, and it doesn't have to be um, I, I think you can get a lot out of writing without anybody ever seeing what you write. Mm-hmm. Um, it well, it's it's a very learning.
0: intimate experience really. And you're, true. you're making yourself vulnerable when you allow other people to read your work.
1: Definitely. And, and I think um, once people can kind of get over that though, and I don't mean in, in terms of publication, but just like open mic readings or, or sharing a poem with the front, giving somebody that you love a poem for whatever occasion um, that vulnerability has real power. And I think that's true in any art form, you um, just as it is in in poetry and all, in all writing. Um, And so when we can kind of get to a place where we're able to be vulnerable like that uh, around other people, I think people recognize that and respond to that and, and see the value that that has and and feel a little more uh, willing to be open uh, about maybe parts of themselves that they weren't, you know, planning to or expecting to, or, Maybe even wanting to before seeing somebody else. It's it's weird. I think poetry gives us a lot of permission. You know, when we see people express themselves in poems or in other art forms, um, it, it, I think hopefully most people see recognize something that gives them a little permission to maybe express more of themselves in a similar way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I can't recall a time when there's been more excitement about a young emerging poet as there is now with Amanda Gorman. The the 22-year-old who wrote and read her poem "The Hill We Climb" at at the re- recent um, presidential inauguration, it, she was she was incredible.
1: Yeah, I, I, hundred uh, percent. As someone who's been working with young writers for the better part of 20 years, I think I was really excited for that um, because, I mean, I think it's easy for any administration or for any sort of um, organization to find some a much more celebrated award winning. Uh, more established, lauded poet. um, That's easy to do. And obviously she had already been the National Youth Poet Laureate. She was the Poet Laureate of Los Angeles. So she already had um, some laurels. but like um, both for the youth, but also to like her delivery and her style. I think like it was great to see that on that kind of stage. Um, I know I saw a lot of poets on Inauguration Day talking about that, you know, their first encounters or one of the first encounters they had with poetry was was Maya Angelou at the Clinton's uh, first inaugural. Um, and I think, uh, and that stayed with them, that sort of helped put them on a path. So thinking about now with how much more coverage this is getting, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and with young people, especially seeing someone who you know, looks like them, and maybe sounds a little bit more like what they write than maybe a lot of other people that they could have chose. Um, I hope that that they have the similar experience. I hope that maybe you know that marks an occasion where it's like oh poetry is a thing and it's kind of out in the world and it's out in the world a lot more than people realize i mean i think the winner of america's got talent this year was a spoken word poet like that's that's pretty popular as i understand popular culture so these things are out there and yeah hopefully especially it's encouraging to young people but i don't think i think if you've never written a poem and you're in your 80s like there's no better time than now um <laughs>
0: Well, let's talk about yourself for a bit, Ryan. Besides being the executive director of the Midwest Writing Center, you also teach at St. Ambrose University. What what have you learned about the importance of writing and and cultivating a literary community here in the Quad Cities?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I I think people think writing is this like super individual kind of thing. and, And it is oftentimes when we're composing. Uh, We're by ourselves. A lot of people, like I said, when they write, they don't want anybody to see what they're reading. So, you know, there's some isolation there. But I think uh, in my experience uh, in my MFA program and different places I've been and a lot of other writers I know, um, like any other art form or any other form of communal existence, it's it's, it's sort of better when there's more people around, right? More people participating. So um, I think writing, like, as a teacher at Ambrose, I'm an English instructor at Ambrose, and, like, I was really taken aback uh, last fall um, uh, or at the end of the fall semester reading the, 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 the sort of personal narratives that I asked my students to write and just what their year had been like. Um, it was a really simple essay. Just start from January 1, 2020. Most of them were graduating seniors from high school at the beginning, you know, in the spring when the pandemic hit. And so tracking their, you know, when they were supposed to graduate and their beginning of their college experience. And there was a lot of similarity in those experiences, but the individual ways that they expressed going through this thing that we all know about, that we all live through, was was really um, compelling and emotionally draining and kind of heartbreaking. Um, And it, and it, it gave me a real insight. I'm used to reading these essays. I've been teaching there for like 12 years, right? So I'm used to reading student reflections and things like that. Um, This was entirely different and it sort of, it was a good reminder of um, just how powerful, you know, we all went through this thing, but the individual ways that we can express it to each other have real power. Um, I was not expecting to be so blown away by my students writing. I was just grading finals Um, and and it it became something entirely different and emotionally um, very, very different and rewarding, but difficult. Um, And uh, I, I think the more... The more that we can ensure, encourage each other to share those things and, and be a little bit vulnerable even about things that are difficult um i think the possible reward for that kind of vulnerability is opening us up to more people um who who feel similarly or akin to how we do um and that's how communities get built so mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully it's a vehicle to look you know explore those things more
0: mm-hmm. well ryan collins Thank you so much for talking today and for the creation of your Bespoke Poems QC project.
1: Yeah, thanks for talking with me. Thanks for being a client. I'm glad you like your poems.
0: Based in Rock Island, the Midwest Writing Center is offering customized poems written by a handful of local poets and writers, which you can order through February 28th on their website, mwcqc.org. But act fast. If you would like your poem written by Valentine's Day, it must be ordered prior to February 9th. This has been Carolyn Martin. Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.